It's your host with the most, Brandon, with episode 41 of Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. I have returned. I'm free from the clutches of finals week at college, and I'm back for some comic talk on the world's greatest podcast about the world's greatest heroes. As always, I've got my amazing co-host here with me, Rob. In brightest day, in blackest night, I'll tell you the rest of it. (laughs) Very cool. (laughs) And Josh. Hello, humans. This week we've got Suicide Squad number three, Batman number 108, Crime Syndicate number three, Infinite Frontier, Secret Files number two, Green Lantern number two, and The Swamp Thing number three. Before we get going, I just want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who help out with a dollar or more a month, and thank you listeners too. Like, download, and share our episodes so we get more listeners and can bring you more content. You can get access to our Patreon and the rest of the Not A Robot Podcast shows at notarobotpodcast.com. So, what's new with you guys this week? Well, uh, I don't have much different than uh, normal around here. Same shit, mm. different fly. But it is, uh, they've announced on dccomics.com a preview of at least seven pages of uh, Tynan and Bueno's The Nice House on the Lake. There's a synopsis there in the whole nine yards, and you've you've got to go check out the art. The mm-hmm. art throughout the issue looks so beautiful. Oh, yeah. And then uh, keep scrolling all the way down until you get a chance to see the exclusive variant cover by Carla Cohen, who, like, needs to be famous right now because, <laughs> holy shit, it is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it now. It looks like they've got a real like, all-star lineup of uh, variant cover artists, including some of the people that, that James has worked with. I don't know why I just called him James. Like we're friends. Um, that Tynan <laughs> has worked with, um, you know, in in his other creator-owned books. I'm seeing one from Werther Deladera, who did something he's killing the children with, and um, Martin Simmons, who he's doing um, uh, the Department of Truth with, but. Um, yeah, like Josh, I'm I'm very excited for this book, um, just because Tynan and Martinez Bueno are a killer team. They were on Detective. It was one of my favorite books of Rebirth, and and one of my favorite consistent Batman runs. That whole Gotham Knights is just a wonderfully inventive idea, and um, Martinez Bueno's art shined all the way through. So yeah, I I definitely second that and and say check it out. And now that I'm looking at it, I'm actually seeing something crazy um i don't know if this is something that's been done before or at least done very often but these different variant covers are only going to be released at certain retailers yeah it's very I, exclusive i think i think they've done that or they do that with a couple um i think it just depends on on certain issues like they had that with the detective 1000 where um like i live in new england so one of our, our local retailers um newberry comics had like a bunch of um you know 
shop specific variant covers one was done by pat gleason and it featured like all the robins um and that was really cool um so yeah i think i think i think it just kind of depends on the the issue and and you know what they how they want to sell certain yeah how they want to sell certain variant covers um well yeah i mean by putting those different variant covers through one comic shop a piece that is i mean that automatically makes them way more valuable yeah, yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. I mean, and I, I, I mean, you, you might have some people who would go to your your shop and say like, I really want to request this specific variant cover, and you know, they probably won't pick it up just because you know want to order like fifteen variant covers if you're running a store. But this will probably help right. trim it out a little bit. So that's nice. One would hope. Yeah, one would hope. Um, I I know for me personally, um, just because I've had a bit more free time after being you know completely done with finals I've, I've been able to um get into some of like the weird underrated horror books in the new 52 um congratulations so like, yep yep so like I've, i'm finishing okay. uh frankenstein agent of shade right now i'm on the second volume um i'm after that i'm gonna start i vampire um which i've got tucked away in some corner um and then i i had never gotten the chance to actually read uh, Jeff Lemire's Animal Man, even though I'd read the New 52 Swamp Thing, and those two are linked a little bit. But I, I picked up the Omnibus, and um, you know, I, I was able to finish that um, in about a, a day or two, which was really nice. So I, I definitely yeah, recommend picking reading. up that. Oh, yeah, I definitely recommend picking up the, the complete Omnibus. It's, it's just a really great read. Fantastic book. Yeah. And say what you will about New Fifty Two, but their horror stuff was on point. Yeah, they have like these weird, like I guess fringe books that I think it was Josh who said it when we, before we started recording, where it's just like they were really good, but no one bought them, so they got canceled. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so you have a book like I Vampire, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, and it's only like you know sixteen issues, and you're like, oh, that kind of sucks, but you realize it just it didn't sell, so you can only do so much. Yep. Nobody wants to buy a comic book about Frankenstein. I guess so. It doesn't matter how cool they make them. Oh, why not? I just, I don't know. Like, that that idea is so cool to me. Like, having Frankenstein right? in the DC Universe. Like, how could you not love that? But Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. What else is new, guys? Uh, I've got a VR headset on the way, and I'm super excited. Very cool. That's awesome. Oh, man. So much fun. Uh, I've got one for the them? Switch that we just got here, that Nintendo Labo, and that's pretty oh, good. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. No, I, I've I've not had like a V, uh, whatever you call it, that one from HTC or like an Oculus. That would be so wicked. I've tried the yeah. Oculus. Um, I, I forget what game they had running. It, it was like some like spy game or something like that, where you had to like, I don't even remember, like find a bomb or something. I don't even I don't remember the specifics of it, but it was um. Yeah, no, it was. Well, you have to defuse a bomb. Yeah, it was something like that. Oh, um, that game was wild. Yeah, yeah, it was just really intense. But like, it was just a really fun way to to experiment with the, the VR controls. Uh, yeah. Apart from that, nothing else from me. But over in the DC cinematic world, Green Lantern the TV series coming to HBO Max as cast Guy Gardner. Oh, oh my God! Wow. Really? Yeah. It's... And who, it is, who did they get? I I know I've seen him in something based on his his um, IMDb 
god, what the hell is it called? I know him from something based on his filmography, mm-hmm. but I don't recognize his face or his name. It's Finn Whitrock. I have no idea who that is, but I mean, I've Finn Whitrock. I didn't, I didn't even Finn know they Whitrock. were having a Green Lantern TV show. Oh yeah, but this is one of the things I am hopefully oh. excited about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, I recognize him from American Horror Story. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean. Does he? This is a mean thing to say, but like, does he look like an asshole? Because that's kind of the actor that you need <laughs> to cast for Guy Gardner. Yeah, a couple of the pictures I'm looking for. He's he, got he kind he of definitely fits. Or like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe you put some makeup on or something. But like, if you really want to sell it, you're gonna need you're gonna need something like that. Um, look, go look at his main profile picture on IMDb.com, Internet Movie Database, and it. It, he looks smug as hell. Okay. I mean, his yeah, name is so... Finn. What? What is it? Finn. Finn Whitrock. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like an asshole? Uh, no, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. Um, I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but at least I'm sure he can play an asshole. Oh yeah, I could. I could see it. I could see it. I'm just wondering, like, how much they're gonna lean into it? Because I mean, I know for at least for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, when they were you know, um, casting and eventually having John Walker play in the role. Um, they've kind of, they, they kind of toned down some of the, the worst parts of, of John. Like they still had him be a little bit of out of control, but, um, he wasn't like quite as bad as he could be in the comics. So I'm just wondering if they're going to go like full gardener, they're just going to probably tone it back a little. If, if I had to guess, they're probably going to tone it back. Uh, well, okay, see, Marvel dumbed down Winter Soldier, too, really. Mm, yeah. You know, I mean, the amount of action and violence and treachery that he was involved in. Mm. But think about Guy Gardner. And, yeah, he's a volatile guy. He cusses, all of that shit. But it's going to be on HBO Max, so that's going to be able to fly there, right? Yeah, It should. It, it, it will. Yeah. So I think that they're going to not just – they're not just going to – I think that we're going to get a very accurate representation of Guy Gardner. Okay. Is because it... that's going to draw people in. He's going to be loud, obnoxious, and people are going to either love him or love to hate him. Yeah. I mean, is it – so So is the show – because I'm going to be honest. I know, like, absolutely nothing about this. I, I, like I said, I didn't even realize no, they had a show. Does. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much to is say it, yet. Well, so is it is it a show being produced specifically for HBO Max, or is it just going to be, like, yes. showing mm-hmm. on HBO Max? Well, technically both. Yeah, okay. But yeah, it's they, it's just because like they, it's strictly on. As far as we know, it's strictly on HBO Max. Yeah. If it could show up again on like CW later on, who knows? Yeah, it might even tie into like the whole cinematic multiverse they have going on through what they show, uh, what they showed on Crisis on Infinite Earths. Okay, because I, I was thinking like Star Girl, which I think was is on the CW, but they also have it on HBO Max if you want to watch mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. Just that'll, yeah. that'll be interesting it to see. Might go the way of like how Star Girl is. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! I'm looking at. Oh, I don't think it's gonna be soft like Star Girl. <laughs> I'm looking at the people who wrote it and who are involved in this. And yeah, they okay. So they've casted Guy Gardner for sure. Alan Scott's going to be in the lead. He will be gay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. He hasn't been cast yet. Um, but the 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 writer uh, Seth Graham Smith. 
if you haven't read Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, oh my god, that's such oh. a good time. Don't uh, watch the movie. Yeah, I saw a poster for that, and it looked oh, so Jesus, dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. No, the the book I loved it. Um, it unfortunately it's got Guggenheim inv- involved. You know, he's one of the CW goons, but it yeah. it's. It was confirmed that various members of the Corps are going to show up. Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, and Alan Scott. That's it. That's the only ones that have been confirmed. I'm just... Mm-hmm. All of this was announced just 23 hours ago. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Right? Yeah. I mean, it'll be... I mean, I, I hope... I hope for their sake they have a big budget for this, because that's a lot of lanterns, and, like, that's probably gonna be a lot of special effects for a TV okay. show... Um, but we'll see. That's I guess. true, but yeah. okay. So it's HBO. Think Game of Thrones. Think all of those other high-profile ones. And we're yeah, gonna get like what eight episodes? Yeah, yeah. That's that. That'd be my hope at least. Where it's like you, you want something like that. You know, where you can really like lean into um, how many different constructs each lantern can do. Because if it's a Green Lantern, you know, show involving the core, it's going to be a lot of crazy visuals. I'd imagine. It oh, really that, will, that's... and it'll be different kinds of visuals because they've all got different personalities and different ideas yeah, in exactly. the comic books. I mean, yeah. you know, like Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner are going to come up with two completely different solutions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a page in Green Lantern Rebirth where Jeff Jones just went over how just how different the four Earth Lanterns at the time. There's only four. Uh, I remember just that. how different their constructs yeah. were. Yeah, where it's like I only know because I've I've read that book. Like, yeah, or it's like it's times. like Kyle. Kyle <laughs> right. is like super artistic because he wears his heart <laughs> on his sleeve, and then <laughs> Hal's constructs are basic because he like hits people like a brick. John breaks his down into parts, which I actually really yeah. like because it, it kind of very architectural yeah, yeah exactly it ties exactly, into his yeah. past as an architect it, it kind of shows his more analytical mind and then i forget yep. what gardeners were i think it was like something obscene but rob can probably catch me up on that. Uh, that's it's always I'm big battering really rams yeah, so, yeah. So, something like, like where like you that. said jordan Brutal. is explosive i mean he's explosive but he comes up with like devices like yeah. he'll have machine guns or you know jet planes you know that kind of shit where Guy Gardner would just come up with a giant fucking hammer. <laughs> or two yeah. two walls that yeah. smash people together. You yeah. Know? I don't know. I think it kind of makes him unique in that way. Um, it does. Like it makes them all his, kind of unique. Yeah, it's, it's the weird yeah. kind of bluntness that Guy has, which is what made him such good friends with um, the the Yellow Lantern, Arkillo, back when they did that yep. for a little bit, which is oh, pretty cool. Was... Yeah, fantastic! I loved that. Yeah, that was fun. I was thinking about that the other <laughs> it day. It was a good one, and I was like, "Oh, it would have been it would have been nicer to have seen the greens and the yellows together for a little bit." But anyway, we're getting off topic. Um, Before we do, let me just say I would really like to see the orange lantern come back. Um, yes, at least for a short story. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was all. I just I just had to put that out there because. I don't know. It seems like the stuff we ask for on this show, almost like eight out of ten times, we eventually get it. And that's cool strange. shit. <laughs> it's very strange. We have like some weird prophetic power. Um, exactly. But like, oh, and I mean, speaking of another like weird, forgotten New Fifty Two title, they had the Larfleys title in the New Fifty Two. Oh, cool. Um, oh yeah. From Giffen cool. and Demetrius. 
And like I yep. remember I remember seeing it at a comic shop and I was like, is this real? I thought it was like fan made <laughs> or something, but no, sure enough they had one. So so go check it out. Larflees from, from Keith Giffen and, and JM DiMatteis for a, a good time. Probably I, I haven't read it, but I assume it's it's some somewhat entertaining. I, I actually yeah. remember it and it's just funny watching Larflees live up to the avarice title it really it's really funny and it's good i mean for the short bit that it is well well, that's weird i mean i guess we're going full green lantern today before we get into the comics but um (laughs) all right (laughs) um i i remember they had a sinestro title too if i'm if i'm not mistaken so i guess there would have been like a, a green lantern a green lantern core red lanterns sinestro as well as larflees um all around the same time weren't Weren't there also ones for Indigo and Blue too? I don't. First, there might have been Saint like Walker a one and... shot. Yeah, might have been. I, I don't remember, but um, yeah. yeah, I feel I like Saint remember. Walker had at least a big book. I there, I remember. There been yeah. No, it was something. um, it was uh, it was New Guardians. That was the one because it was with Kyle oh, Rayner. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. No, I'm looking. I'm looking at my copy on my shelf over in the corner, and it's like it's like glaring at me. Because it's like you can't forget me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I happened. I'm. I matter. I exist. Um, but yeah, New Guardians. That was a good title too. Uh. Yeah, there. There was a time where <laughs> there was every week there was a Green Lantern book. Yeah. And one week had two books, and it was the happiest time of my life. Oh, I'm sure. Rob was in. Rob was in Lantern <laughs> Heaven. Um, oh man. Right. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Since we've gone on such a sidetrack, can I just mention? something here isn't it weird how fans change their reactions so greatly when the new 52 came in and decided that they were going to completely shake everything up everybody balked at it everybody was pissed oh yeah and then when they said okay well we're just going to come back in we're going to kind of merge the old with the new and kind of make it work for you guys and they tried and people were like nah fuck that but less people were Mm -hmm. And now that we've got the Omniverse and this reboot with Infinite Frontier, it feels as though, with the exception of the podcasts out there that just talk negative about every single book, it seems as though everybody likes this shit. And I know I'm a big fan so far of the majority of these titles. Yeah, I mean, it's it's but, it's so, honestly, it's like, it's nice to hear you say that because when I go back to the new 52, I mean, there are some, there make no mistake. There are some books that are not very great, but I'm almost hard. That's pressed, true. I'm almost hard pressed to find like 10 titles that I absolutely hate. There are a couple that, you know, aren't great teen Titans and Lobo or are ones to speak of, but there are ones that are just yeah. like really great. And, and I mean, on the whole, I, I don't even know that I would say it's bad because I find myself coming back to them every now and then and kind of, you know, thinking about how, how much I enjoyed them. Um, but I think yeah, I think see, it's... like the Lobo one. I almost read it. I, a matter of fact, I, I'm a I love Lobo, yeah. but uh, like I go back and I I read that almost like a what if story. Ah, I see. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the only way I can digest that shit because they messed with Lobo so much. Yeah, but no, that's it, fair. It, I still enjoyed it being a huge Lobo fan. I thought that was, shit was great. Let's. Well, I mean, I wonder. I wonder if you could approach a lot of the other. I guess we're just going to keep going on this tangent, but a lot of the other new 52 books in that way, where it's like, you don't view them as, you know, the same characters that you know and love, but almost like, 
reinventions of them that exist in a, a pocket dimension or something. Like if you looked at it from that way. Honestly, that's what DC Comics has been telling us since they did the New 52. Yeah, pretty much. Huh, that's interesting. All right, well, we spent, so. we, yeah, we spent enough time on this, uh, so let's, <laughs> let's get into the comics. So first, we'll be looking at Suicide Squad number three, which Rob will so graciously summarize and give us all the details. So take it away, man. Gladly. So this one is coming from writer Robbie Thompson with pencils by Eduardo Pensica, inks from Julio Ferreira, colors from Marcelo Maiolo, and letters from Wes Abbott. So Waller is gathering intel on Connor Kent through new Suicide Squad member Nocturna. She dishes out, but not everything. Peacemaker questions her after for the rest. Before they can get deeper, Peacemaker is called to Waller's office. Her, her new mission for the squad is to capture Bolt from Teen Titans Academy. They begin to intercept with new cannon fodder, Keymaster, and Branch. Keymaster can open doors to teleport through, and Branch has a body made of plant life. Branch will trip Bolt with a vine, and Keymaster will grab her into a door back to Bell Reeve. Branch, however, gets nervous and begs Keymaster to jump them somewhere safe. Their heads blow up before they have a chance to move. Bolt escapes back to Titan's Tower, while the squad is attacked by none other than Red X, who claims he can get them into the tower. This is getting a little more interesting, I think. Okay, so it, yeah, I it, think it is getting interesting, Rob, but let me ask you, what in the... Okay, up until now, I thought that this Suicide Squad kind of existed in an alternate universe. Am I the only one? With with the whole difference with Connor Kent in this storyline, as opposed to where we've seen him before over the past year, year and a half. I knew it had to be in the prime timeline, just because it, you know, it takes place immediately after the whole Arkham Asylum thing. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, so, I'm still so waiting. So I guess they're yeah, just... I'm definitely still waiting for the With Infinite Frontier, they're rebooting Connor one more time? Or, at the very least, something happened between Young Justice and Suicide Squad that made him say, fuck it, I don't want to wear my 90s clothes anymore. I'm going to wear the clothes I wore in the 2003 Jeff Johns Teen Titans run. I don't know. I can, People change their outfits all the time. I, I guess maybe he was just like, eh, I don't feel like wearing this anymore. Um... I, yeah, I, I mean, there's be. this big, huge mystery surrounding him that Waller is interested in. Yeah. But, um, uh, who yeah. else is in love with Culebra? Yeah, Culebra's oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but it, fun. The only thing I don't understand is, I mean, I speak very, very little sp Spanish, but Culebra means snake or serpent, and he doesn't look like a snake, and she doesn't act like one so far. I mean, I like the personality, not some big dumb character like Juggernaut, but they're mm -hmm. funny, sarcastic, they seem smart. Um, but I don't, I don't understand where the name Glabra came from. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Maybe she just thought it was cool. Possibly. Um, yeah. Peacekeeper still annoys me. Uh, I don't know what yeah. it is about that dude. He's always annoyed me, man. Yeah. I can't believe they gave him a TV show. I hope it's because. And this would be really weird to me, but I hope it's because John Cena is so good as him that it changes my mind about Peacekeeper. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> oh, well, we'll if see. it helps. It's starring John Cena, so you won't be able to see it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Wrestling joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying about Superboy, and honestly... 
he is my least favorite part of this book right now. Yeah, it the confusion. Kind of, we're, we're waiting. We're yeah, waiting for him. He's just pushed yeah. We're waiting for him to be saved for a, by the Teen Titans in the in the next crossover. At least I am. I don't know that he needs to be. I mean, he is. He's got a serious, badass, take no bullshit attitude. And I mean, I think if he wanted to, he'd be able to save himself. That's the part that has me very intrigued. Yeah, I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on, but um, well, he did seem brainwashed. Yeah, a so bit. Not, yeah, a bit. I don't know about you guys, man, but I mean, it even with the slight confusion that was going on there, I enjoyed the shit out of this, man. Yeah, no, I, had, I, I actually, I, I had, I had more fun with this issue, I think, than I've had with the past two. Um. And even though I didn't rate it as high as an 8 out of 10, I ended up giving it a 7.5. This one just, I don't know. I think it really worked for me. Um, it did. And then, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I like, it's a minor note, but it's something that I, I like, and I really hope they continue to explore in more depth. But I, I really like the idea of a Talon being on the Suicide Squad. Yeah, if he can yeah. ever stop saying who, yeah, I mean, yeah, is gonna get old yeah. soon. Oh yeah, no, and but I'm. Is, is he just like being an owl, or is he actually looking for someone? I think he's looking for somebody. Ooh. I think we're on the same brainwave, Rob. Ooh. I think I think there's something <laughs> oh, there. <man>. Yeah, <laughs> which is a shit, much better mystery to me than whatever Connor Kent's got going. <laughs> yeah. Before we leave yeah. it, man, let me say that the art is awesome. The the pencils, inks, mm-hmm. colors, all of it. And honestly, I think Robbie Thompson is kind of knocking it out of the park as far as the story goes. But am I the only one that's kind of getting some Tom Taylorish vibes from this story? The way that the oh, the way that the, the characters death, all yeah. have <laughs> very varied personalities and they're they're written so well. That's kind of really not Robbie Thompson's typical way of writing characters. And this is this is great. Yeah, it's pretty strong, mm-hmm. but um. So yeah, Josh, you already rated it. Rob, what did you rate this issue? I gave this a 7.5. Nice, nice. Super cool. Solid type. Yeah, very solid. Keep bringing more of these characters that just died. Yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> I don't so know. I'm, so still, still a little, I'm still a little PO'd about them killing Shrike. Because Shrike was one of my favorite like B-list Nightwing villains from the old book, yeah. but... Whatever. Give it a year. Whatever. What, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure someone's. Yeah. I'm sure someone's just clamoring to to resurrect Shrike. But anyway, <laughs> uh, next we'll stop by Gotham City to check in with Batman and Scarecrow, which Josh will sum up for us this week. All right, Batman 108. I thought it was pretty good. Where do you guys at it? I liked it. Yeah. What, <laughs> did you give us the summary? <laughs> just a bit, man. Yeah, it was written by James Tynan IV with our inside and out by my guys Jorge Jimenez and Tomu Mori. And of course, Clayton Cowles was on the letters. I'm going to start things off with a preface let you all know it is a really dense book. Um, oh, yeah. There is a yeah, lot of writing movie. going on here, so go into it knowing that. Mm-hmm. But it it's only when it really needs to be. Like, um, yeah. Like when the news broadcast was going on, it sounds like you're actually listening to a news broadcast with all kinds of unnecessary words thrown in there to make it sound more important. <laughs> and yes, there is a lot of words, but it's re- it's representing what's going on. There is no ladder yeah. dialogue or anything unuseful like you tend to get from somebody like Bendis. Yes, I worked one in. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, for me at least, before we get into the, the summary, 
you know, you'll have that initial moment where you flick through a book and you're just like, oh no, so many words. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's just, it's so dense. Yeah. Um, but they, like you said, they, they definitely mean something. They have a, they have a greater purpose. They're not just there to fill up space. Exactly. Um, one question, and I don't know if you guys were stymied by this or not, but are the, it seems like we got two different timelines going on here, right? I mean, we've got Bruce being tortured and under hallucinations with Scarecrow, and then him walking around with, you know, in, as Match Malone. So, did did the Scarecrow thing happen before or after the rest of the story? Because it certainly well, couldn't have after. happened during. Yeah, no, I think this is this is in the future, and we're we're looking back because he's kind of in his monologues. He's like, think back, you know, think back to what happened. That whole thing. All right, so you think that this this is this is, that the scarecrow stuff is in the future? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. I w- all right, that's that's that was the only way I could make sense out of it, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> mm. But uh, Wait. at the very least, at the end of this story, yeah, right. So, um, the the thoughts definitely sound like Bruce, and I was wondering if maybe you know the first thought that popped into my head was maybe the guy had an imposter. Bruce was. There was somebody standing in for him, but it sounded too much like him. But anyway, he's able to fight it. It seems like it's breaking through a little more, kind of playing on his doubts of being a, I guess, good enough Batman. And Hmm. then shortly after, Oracle sees Scarecrow perched up on a rooftop like Batman usually is. And and she radios for Bruce to respond because I guess it's been over 12 hours since she heard from him. The next thing we know, Match Malone is being held by the Unsanity Collective, and they they are able to tell that he's got serious psychic defensive training, and that he's basically nothing but walking pure muscle. Uh, so they're deciding what to do with him when Miracle Molly says everybody gets a second chance. That's what we're all about. Stepping away from the so-called sanity. She gives him the whole spiel about what the Insanity Collective is. It seems like Batman is kind of considering the things that she's saying. At the very, le- at the very least, he's processing what she's saying. And yeah. uh, as it turns out, Miracle Molly, through basically detective skills, is able to look and spend what seems to be maybe a couple of hours with Bruce Wayne and detect that he's... Not only not match Malone, but that he is Batman. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, the next thing we get to see is that Mahoney, that security guard from the Arkham attack. He, uh, he's being presented by Mayor Nakano as, uh, as a hero to the city, and uh, and right afterwards he gets some sweet nothings dropped into his ear from Simon Saint. Of course, uh, Sane is that dude that's trying to start up the magistrate, and he makes a deal with Mahoney. Uh, he says, look, here's some amazing tech that I can fix your whole body with and make you stronger and better than ever. All you have to do is promise to be my peacekeeper one. Uh, I think we all saw that coming. Right? It Well, it, it was like, uh, that dude's got red hair, uh, and I was hoping we'd finally get an answer to it, but... Yeah, I thought it would come out during a fight or something. In any case, I, I I enjoyed the hell out of this. The last page is an amazing full splash of Mahoney beginning his experimental transformation with Simon Saint. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, the story was just, it was really, really 
really good. The art, of course, with Jimenez and Mori. I mean, all I have to do is say their names. I don't even have to give it any adjectives. I loved it, man. This book, yeah, this, no, this, this was, story, uh, nine point two five for sure. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah this I was loved a, it this much. was definitely this is definitely my favorite issue of the week. And uh, I I just I just had one little note, um, and and it's it's the name of the Unsanity Collective because I remember when they first like I, I follow Tynan's newsletter, so I see all his little updates. He's just a guy I love to to read his stuff about. And yeah, I remember I, when I he was it. first talking about the Unsanity Collective, and I just, I saw that name. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? What is Unsanity? That sounds like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right. Um, but He's not really actually... good with names, man. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, to hear, at least to hear... this explanation kind of makes sense. Yeah. No, to hear him explain yeah. it, it makes more sense here. But I just had one little problem. So you have Miracle Molly, who's kind of, talking with with Bruce as matches Malone about this this name of what um unsanity actually means where it comes from this idea of being post sane um not being you know not fitting into society's um definition of sane but they're not also insane and i was just like if it's post sane just call it the post sanity collective don't call it unsane cuz unsane still sounds like insane like the connotation of un just means that you're not something. Exactly. So if you're not sane, by definition, you're technically still insane. It, it just it, changing that root word doesn't really matter. Unsane, insane, they're basically interchangeable in that sense that you're not fitting into sane. So if right. you want to describe something that's post-sane or is a post-sane collective, you just call it the post-sanity collective. Don't call it unsane. I'm sorry. It's just it's a minor note. That's just like you. It's literally right there. Like you could just just call it post-sanity. I right. know it doesn't really roll off the tongue, but like it no, sounds it better and makes collective. more sense. Yeah, it makes more sense than unsanity collective. I mean, but, you're um, right. All those different words. Yeah, I mean, yeah. undoubted, unfit. I mean, exactly. Like unfit just means you don't fit. So if you're unsane, that means you're just not sane. Right. Exactly. Same as insane. <laughs> it's the same as insane. Um, but other than that, I had a really great time reading it. It's my favorite title of the week, and I gave this one an 8.5. Oh, right. uh, Rob, what did you think? Yeah, I'm excited. We're getting so much closer to what we saw in, in Future State. Mm-hmm. It's The little hints are nice, and I want more of this story before we get to that point, though. Like Just more of this creative team writing Batman stories before we get to the the future that we've seen yeah oh i think and they're gonna drag it, it out quite a while and because oh, i yeah. mean let's face it with this gritty personal uh perspective that they're putting on batman and gotham in general now they've got the time to take those stories nice and slow you know so i think i think we'll yeah. be in the present day on our way there for probably probably three years at the bare minimum yeah, and I mean it's 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 almost certainly not going to be the exact same future that we saw in Future State cuz you know they that's the bad future. That's the one you don't want to to end up in. We're probably going to see how this timeline would deviate from that future so that we don't end up in Future State where, you know, Bruce is on the run and everything is broken up. But um yeah, I don't think we're going to get a resolution anytime soon. We're definitely going to drag this one out for a while. Um but I, I think I think yeah. for me at least, I mean, I, I've 
I, ha- I haven't always loved some of the newer villains that they've been introducing because it feels like it's been a lot, like mm-hmm. one every month. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's kind of growing on me. Like Miracle Molly, I think I was just like, oh, yet another new character. But it, it actually kind of worked for me this week, at least. Like I, the, the whole monologue that she had with Batman, I think just really humanized her in a way that was was more interesting than the presentation of some of the earlier villains. So. Yeah, okay, so take Batman out of the picture. If you have Miracle Molly in a movie, all of us would see her as the protagonist. All of her would see us as the hero in that movie. She's trying to help these people who who have had so much trauma and she's doing her best to use her gifts to make them better. We would be rooting for her if we didn't have Batman to stand in our way. Exactly. I'm already rooting for her even with Batman. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, but even oh no, go ahead. Sorry, just on Miracle Molly. Also, great character. I I thought she was she was very interesting. And like I said, I'm completely rooting for her mission. But I felt there was so much emphasis on her introduction. Like she's featured on the cover, and after reading it, after the book came out, everybody was talking about Miracle Molly online. And I was just thinking, who the fuck is she? <laughs> yeah. Is she somebody I, like, forgot about? Somebody that was heavy in future state? Because she seems so big. Yeah, she was in future state, and she, she tangled with Jimmy Olsen. Is that her? Yep. Future huh. state. She only calls herself Molly, but I can tell by the way that she looks that, that's, that it was the same person. Interesting. Oh. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. It was when Jimmy was leading the resistance. Yeah, I mean, I remember that story, and I remember... A character named Molly. I just, I guess, I didn't think they were the same. Well, I gotta revisit yeah. that. Okay, well, still a great character. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> and the art, art's <laughs> fantastic. Oh my god, this this art is some of the best art in the entire Infinite Frontier so mm-hmm. far, mm-hmm, for sure. Just you, amazing. Hand, hands down. I mean, uh, Jimenez or uh, Jorge is. DC's greatest artist, and I mean, I'll continue to say that there's nobody that can draw this kind of quality on every single page, and certainly not as fast as he can do it. Yeah, I mean, the closest I'd put is probably um, Evan Shaner, Evan Doc Shaner, who's doing Strange Adventures and he's done other projects because I love his classical style, but I don't know if he's as fast as Jorge. Yeah, yeah I'm not, I don't know if he's as fast. I just know the rumors about Jorge. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's some really good ones that are out there. You know, I like Dan Mora. Yeah, you know, I love I love Dexter Soy. Uh, I love Zermanico. There's really good ones out there, man. But I just I, for whatever it's it's his pure talent. Every every single panel, every single stroke on the page, dude, it just looks flawless. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, but uh, with that, let's take a brief detour and follow up with Ghostmaker, who we saw last month in the jungles of Devil Skull Island. So while Ghostmaker is engaged in a fierce battle with a laser tiger on Devil Skull Island, we learn the backstory of Kid Kawai, one of the members of the Cabal, and her relationship with Ghostmaker. Uh, She's a creation of the Akumako Corporation, whose real name is Kimi, and basically, she was designed to target bureaucrats and business people who may pose a threat down the line. Uh, during one instance where Kid Kawai was attempting to take out the Prime Minister, 
um, at Tokyo Tower, she was basically intercepted by the Ghostmaker. So after trading blows for a little bit, old Ghostmaker uses Tokyo Tower as an electromagnet and forces Kid Kawhi to deactivate lest she die. Um, but at the moment, Kid Kawhi basically suggests that they retreat, given that Ghostmaker is not going to back down anytime soon and would be in their best interest. But Madame Midas refuses and basically asks for more stories about Ghostmaker as Ghostmaker continues his pursuit through the jungle. Um, this, I think this particular chapter in the, in the Ghostmaker backup was probably my favorite. Um, I think the last one was so far was satisfying, but I, I was still taking a little while for, for uh, me to really get it or for, for it to get there. Um, but I, I just, I don't know, like this one really did it for me. And I think it was just because we kind of got to see him more in action, um, and kind of his quippy fun nature. And, um, for X-Men fans out there, he kind of reminds me of Phantom X without the accent. Like that's the, that's the vibe huh. I got from him I could see where that. he's kind of like this, you know, free booting, free, like free riding assassin. He just kind of leaps around and has fun and that kind of thing. And, Obviously, the white is very similar to Phantom X, so I don't know. That's that was kind of what was on my mind, and the more I started to think about that, the more I kind of enjoyed it. So um, I ended up giving this one an eight point two five out of ten. Yeah, man, I'm liking this story. This is kind of cool seeing his backstory, not necessarily like his origin story, yeah. but I, I like to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm really digging it. The art from Ortiz was a little less than stellar for me. I have seen a lot better work from him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was pretty good. There were just some spots that were kind of, you know, less than stellar. Like I said, but overall it was good. I really enjoyed the whole thing. Uh, this one gets an eight out of ten for me too, just like Brandon. Yeah, this was a a fun book. I am also digging this look into his backstory. I just want more more adventures from mm-hmm. him. And I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I got the kind of sense that Ghostmaker has a history with Kid Kawaii. Yeah. It's well, it clear seems that like they've, they've gone they've... up against each other at least a few yeah, times. Yeah, exactly. But like they not even as enemies that. or villains, but like... You think there might be something more to yeah. it? Familial or friendship-based. possible. Just the way he said, I'll see you again, Kimmy, I promise, made me really think like he did not want to do the whole electromagnetic thing to her, mm-hmm. but uh-huh. he did anyway because he didn't he didn't have a choice he did warn her yeah. yeah so i mean you you might have something there yeah no i think there's definitely That's something deeper. not typical of ghostmaker mm. yeah yeah very cool well, i'm had to give somebody yeah. a chance anyway yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah this this is an He's more of a kill you first then take your money later yeah. kind of guy yeah yeah this is an eight out of ten for me solid story i'm i want more Give me more across the board. Awesome, awesome. So, final scores, guys. Eight point seven five for the whole issue. Mm. Yeah, I'll give a eight point five. Yeah, no, mine technically averages out to eight point three seven five, but for the sake of being nice, I'll just I'll I, I would round it up to an eight point four, but uh, I'm having a good day today, so I'll round it up to an eight point five. Um, <laughs> yep yep but next let's <laughs> hop over to earth three and check on our favorite heroes gone bad um but before i let rob catch us up on the crime syndicate i want to ask you both something very personal what would your right. earth three counterpart look like i've just i've been thinking about this and i'm like 
Who is Earth 3 Josh and who is Earth 3 Rob? Because I have an idea of what my Earth 3 version would be like. Okay, one question, or a couple questions in in regard to your question. Mm. Are we dealing with the complete and sole roster that's been presented in this run? And are we just picking from DC characters? No, no, no. I mean, like, you are, you exist on Earth 3. What are you like? Like, okay. you as you are right now. Right. How, how evil are you? What do you think you, what do you think you'd be doing? Yes. If we're doing physically, <laughs> my Earth 3 copy is Ryan Reynolds. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, mine, mine's guy. probably The Rock <laughs> or Idris Elba. That's what they look like. But um, uh, I would have to say more than likely if – so it's exact opposites. It's like almost mirror images of your personality. Yeah, just right? you're evil. So, I'm assuming you're not evil right uh, now. No, I'm not right now. I'm not a robot. Robots are evil. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would have to say because I'm I'm real big on uh, uh, on, on just trying to do good. Mm-hmm. So I guess sharing and spreading goodness and and you know if it if it if that requires money or time or conversation or whatever, I do my best to be there for other people. So the exact opposite of that, I would assume, would be the embodiment of greed. So since we brought him up earlier, I'm going to have to say my Earth three person would be Avarice. Oh wow! And that would be Larfleet. Ah. Yeah. I I think that's the perfect character for to be the exact opposite of me. I just it's. It, as far as I can think of right now. So you would you would be an orange lantern or you would just you would be Larflees? Um I would be Larflees. I would be an orange lantern that looks like Idris Elba. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Rob? I I would I would just be a total dick. <laughs> just be a total dick. <laughs> He's a Canadian. They're happy. Uh, they say please and thank you when you get into a car accident. That's exactly what I was going to say. My Canadian heritage means uh, I'm just nice to everybody. Yeah. Or at least I try to be. <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would just like Canada would be like the Nazi. Yeah, no. Can- Earth 3 Canada. I know. Earth, <laughs> Earth 3 Canada is just like the most aggressive parts of New York. That's how I envision it. Where it's like instead of people being super nice and like you know, Toronto or wherever, they're just total assholes. Prime Minister Trudeau turns into Hitler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a bad... <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. If you guys have ever seen Letterkenny... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yes, I love that show. I don't watch just Letterkenny, I also watch the cartoon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. But, yeah, that, so that is honestly a decent look into like rural canadian life at times mm. and mm-hmm. when we are dicks to you we are dicks to you <laughs> <laughs> and we we know yes. how to fucking give you the runaround <laughs> yeah and it's it's it it's less being a dick and it's more yeah. just being honest yeah, yeah. just yeah. just imagine that being like all the time that that's what that's what alternate mm. canada would be like i imagine nope now i'm gonna get a little existential for you uh oh. What oh, no. if? What if this oh my is God. Earth 3? You're saying there's a better Earth? Oh no. 
Well, <laughs> no. That, that would mean what does that say about us? Earth one. We're we're the good people oh, on the maybe. bad. Earth. Oh, so then the original versions of ourselves are yeah. total assholes. Well, that'd be a fr- yeah. that'd be like a terrifying thought. And it's funny. I'm surprised no one's gone for that meta angle where it's like you meet someone from another Earth and you're basically told that they're a better version than you. Like, how do you live with yourself after that? Yeah. You know what? There was a movie a while ago that came out. I can't remember the year, but it's mm. been a while. But it it wasn't big budget or anything, but it was called Another mm. Earth. And it kind of addressed it in okay. the same way. I said, It's kind yeah. of long, and it seems to go slow, but it's a yeah. really good story. You should check it out. Yeah, no, that'd be... I don't know. Like, I don't know how I could live my life after that point. Like, if I was living on Earth 3, and I found out that there was a more heroic... Basically, better person than I am, who's just like not an asshole. Like I, or maybe I'd just be fine with it. I don't even know. But like, I just I feel like that would mess with your head. But anyway, tangent over. So, are you copping to the fact that you're an oh, asshole God. now? Is that no. what you're telling yes, us? Yes, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You're a horrible person. <laughs> I'm delightful. I, I hope. I don't know. Uh, All right. I mean, you seem to be a pretty cool dude. So that means that really? on the original Earth. Oh, since God. this is Earth 3, that you're like, you know, uh, a philanthropist. Yeah, it must be like evil a philanthropist. You, you, <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're good here, so you're like an evil philanthropist there. Oh, you're God. like Lex Luthor. Yeah, well, actually, that yeah, was that was what I thought my Earth 3 counterpart would be, just like a super sleazy, like, Wall Street businessman type of guy who, like, yep. just basically just gives no fucks and speeds and, like, children's zones and that kind of thing just just a bad person but anyway i I think that's a testament to how much of a good person you are that the most evil thing you could think of was i know i know i know (laughs) yeah yeah that's the truth yeah he's a good guy yeah i'm secretly canadian no i'm just kidding oh what Well, you are in New England. That's true. That's true um I, I, i used to live in michigan i'm born and bred in michigan oh nice yeah yeah no um all right all right tangent over so anyway rob you want to walk us through crime syndicate number three yes so we got writer andy schmidt pencils from kieran mccowan inks from dexter vines colors from steve olaf and letters from rob lee so our anti-heroes rally against starro owlman has a plan in place to tide the invasion and everyone needs to work together to make it happen Ultraman tears a hole in the Mother Starro, Atomica gets inside and kicks the brain, and Emerald Knight tries to explode it from the inside out. Starro retaliates with a psychic blast that incapacitates everyone but Superwoman. Taking her barbed lasso of torture, she binds Starro and squeezes until it suffocates. Before dying, Starro cries of escaping the overlords of Oa and how it wanted to help save Earth. Now free from Starro's attack, the six supers take a breather together while Alexander Luther witnesses the exposure of powered people all across the globe. And that being said, give me Evil Aquaman. Evil Just Aquaman. Oh man, I'm so... <laughs> I, I've been waiting for Evil Aquaman since they teased it in, like, Forever mm-hmm. Evil. And then he just died. What was that? Ugh. I'm waiting for I don't even remember Evil Aquaman. And, oh, that was before, like in the intro. Yeah, it was, it was the intro yeah. to Forever Evil. I think it was the end of Trinity War. They had an Evil yeah. Aquaman called Sea King. 
and mm-hmm. he steps through the portal and you're like oh shit it's like a evil aquaman and then he just falls over and dies yeah like ugh, ugh, just a disappointment uh no you're good yeah. <laughs> but yeah no i'm i'm with you rob i'm waiting for evil aquaman yeah. Yeah, this this one felt quick though. Mm. It really did. Like I enjoyed the action, but it seemed to fly through it. Or maybe it just it was just basic the whole issue was the battle against Mother Starro, so it felt like there wasn't much else to it. Yeah, I don't mean that yeah, that's why it yeah. read quickly. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I definitely felt like there should have been more to the actual overall story. And again, I mean maybe there really isn't one. Cause there are points where it feels kind of directionless. Like, I'm not really... It just kind of feels like a peek into Earth 3, but there's no, like, overarching story. It's just kind of them doing yeah. stuff. And, I mean, that's fine Slap for a title. while, but, yeah, um, I, I feel like it still needs to be a way to tie it to tie it together. Yeah. Um, but this is a six-issue mini, right? Yeah, it's a six-issue yeah. mini. Book, yeah. yeah. The Crime so Syndicate should be the backup issue, them as a story. They should do the origins up front. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I, I also had kind of a fun time reading this one. Like I said, it wasn't grand or anything. It was solid, and the, the fight with Starro was pretty cool, just to get to see the Earth three Starro. Um, but yeah, other than other than that, not too much to speak of. So I ended up giving this one a seven out of ten. It's better than me. I gave it a six point five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I'm excited to see where it goes from here, even though there's only three issues left. And I, I agree with what you're saying about it being a little directionless at this point, because you'd think the whole six issues is going to be about Starro, yeah. but now that that's done, so is it going to go into the Overlords of Oa? I, yeah, I don't Who know. Like, it, it feels like there are so many different directions it can go, and they just haven't yeah. done it yet. Yeah, it does, I, I don't know. I think the idea of the Omniverse rebooting, rebooting the, the Crime Syndicate is I mean, and basically, your three is a pretty cool concept. Six issues isn't enough to do it in. Yeah, or at the at the very least, if you're gonna do a six issue series, you really need to commit to. It needs to be more compact. Why? Yeah, are they you need, you so need much to commit time to on some these kind pages? of story. Yeah. Now, yeah. is this also the same crime syndicate that was in was a Future State Suicide Squad? For that brief, I think, in the second issue, it might have been. I don't remember. I took that as the Suicide Squad from Forever Evil. Yeah, yeah. But maybe it's this uh, one. Was that the Suicide Squad? Or was that a different team? I think that was a different team. Yeah, I don't was remember. It? I remember Waller had the You mean it, in the Justice League okay. book? No, in... in um, right, Future State. Future State Justice League book? Yeah. Yeah, hmm. was I know that there was a team of supervillains that showed up that were not Suicide Squad that was in the Future State Justice League book. Yeah, no, that yeah, was Hyper Clan. Exactly. I'm pretty sure Hyper that Clan, yeah, yeah, the Earth Three. Yeah. It was like an Earth Three insertion team in Suicide Squad. I just I don't remember yeah. if the Crime Syndicate was was there. They oh, might I don't have been. Know. Yeah, but um, but yeah, no, pretty solid issue all around. Josh, what did you think? I think the idea is good. I think seeing the origin of the characters in the back is cool. 
Um, altogether, mm-hmm. it's it's cool that, like I said, it's rebooting it because this is Owlman's first public appearance. Um, I I really like the new Donna Troy, but uh, I gotta admit that's about as far as it goes. Some of the art looks okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of it just does not. And I'm just not feeling it, man. I gave it a six. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, no, de- there are definitely some places where the art, especially in the faces, is a little slapdash. Um, but yeah, no, moving on, we're going to look at the backup story to this one, focusing on Donna Troy. So, Josh, do you want to take that one? So, this is the origin story of Earth-3's Donna Troy, and... Uh... Like I mentioned, she's the badass from the previous story, and uh, I'm glad to see her here. She kind of has this mm. origin story like Wonder Woman, with even having Steve Trevor involved, but it's got a drastic turn to it. Uh, Steve Trevor is begging her to come back to the world of man, and then when she says no, he tries to use her as a hostage and tries to get ten amazonians to uh go to earth yeah that doesn't exactly work out so well i found it kind of interesting that they mentioned diane here just basically saying that she was soft so i wonder if she's dead Mm. or maybe they keep her in some kind of prison or something it seems like she's dead like i I feel like this this iteration of the amazons they don't really keep prisoners like she's she's gone uh basically just like most of the comics with backup stories in the infinite frontier the backup story is better than the first one it's just not <laughs> that much better than the last one i will give this a seven five and uh i mean that's about the, as good as i can give this stuff it's the origin stories should be i mean at least the way that these are written the origin stories should be up front i think they waste enough time in crime syndicate that they could shorten that down to a backup story and expand on the origin story and have just as good as a comic book. Probably better. Uh, uh, I gave that one 6.25 out of 10, man. Yeah, no, I, I definitely felt a similar way where uh, I remember thinking that with the last issue too where they did the Owlman origin and I was just like, I wish that could have been longer because yep. I kind of enjoy that one more than the main story. Not that it was terrible, it just, you know, it was, it, yeah, it kind of had better artwork and it was a little more interesting and I, I would have loved to have seen a, a solo Owlman story with Brian Hitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, cool, it just, man. like I said, it was, it was, yeah, it was just I don't know. It's kind of average. Like I didn't I didn't hate it, but I didn't really love it. It's still an interesting concept. It just it doesn't really do much more than that, and it really needs to find its overarching story. Um, so yeah, I gave this the backup story a seven out of ten, and I gave the main story a seven out of ten. So just averages out to a seven out of ten for me. But uh, Rob, what did you what did you think, or what was your final score? Really cool backup. Really interesting origin, and not often you see a reverse of Wonder Woman's origin like that. Especially when it parallels it so closely. And nice connections. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, I I gave this a 7 out of 10. I enjoyed this. Like you guys, I enjoyed it more than the main story. (laughs) At least for this month, anyway. Mm. But yeah, it was good. Alright, we'll be back to cover the rest of the issues right after this commercial break. 
Okay, humans, it turns out that we're humans too, and we had a little bit of a technical difficulty on Rob's end. His mic just decided that it wasn't going to work anymore halfway through the show. So we have three more titles that we would have normally reviewed in depth on the show, but instead of going back and recording that because it's already getting late, and honestly, the last three, we can we could sum them up in real, real quick things. Secret Files number two, Roy Harper's back, and he's dealing with his past shit. Green Lantern number two, always shutting down, and it's getting blown up. And Swamp Thing number three, it's fucking Swamp Thing. Spicer, Perkins, Ramvi, just go buy it. What did you guys <laughs> give these three? Secret Files, I gave a 7.5. Where were you guys at? Yeah, I gave Secret Files a 7. It was just fun. Yeah, more Roy. I want more Roy. Yeah, no, Secret Files, For I had sure. that one as a 7.25. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I gave it a 7.5. It's not anywhere near my highest scoring of the week. I did have issues with it, but I'm also a hardcore Lantern fan, so I might be very critical. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I, I I felt that this one was a little bit more of an improvement from the last issue, so I ended up giving this one a 7.75, and I'm, I'm just I'm more interested to see the direction that they're going um, moving forward, but I'm, I'm still waiting for some of the writing to catch up. That's true. And finally, we've got Swamp Thing number three. I think by my brief blurb about that earlier, you know exactly how I feel. But mm-hmm. I gave this, I'm not kidding, guys. Swamp Thing number one was awesome. And it's only gotten better from there. I give this one a 9.5 out of 10. Yeah, I had an absolute blast with it. And uh, I mean, even if it was a little slower than the first two issues that we got, for me at least, um, still it, one of the most interesting and uh, most well put together books at DC right now. So I ended up giving this one an 8.25 out of 10. 8.25? Yeah, I gave this an 8.5. Fantastic art. One of the best teams in the industry right now, if not at least DC. I can't wait to see where it goes. Oh, yeah. All right. So sorry for the brief, brief, brief covering of those last three titles, but hey. Like I said, we're humans and technical difficulties. Damn robots. Get in our way sometimes. So uh, what's up next, Brandon? Uh, Well, next we're going to look at our top three books for this week and a standout moment if you have one. We kind of went in depth before we lost some of the audio, so we can just kind of briefly run through our top three and the moment that we loved. So, uh, Josh, you want to start? Yeah. um, All three of the four books I had were awesome to look at. I did love them. Uh, earlier, Brandon and Rob pointed out how much I shouldn't have loved the Art and the Green Lantern book, <laughs> but I loved it while I was reading it, so we're going to go with that. Uh, unfortunately, Suicide Squad was just as good and a bit more fun, so that took number three. Batman took number two, because that just continues to get good, but Swamp Thing was definitely the uh, spotlight stealer this week, man. Number one all the way. And uh, uh, that didn't have my favorite moment, though. That one was back in Batman, seeing Peacekeeper 1's transformation. That was gorgeous, man. Oh, yeah. And uh, Rob, how about you? So mine is very similar to Josh's, almost to a T. I had Suicide Squad at number three. Just a little bit more fun than some other books this week. 
and I want to see more of these characters that are just one-off and they're dead. They're so much fun. <laughs> Number two, I had Batman. Just a beautiful book. It's a fun story. I can't wait to see where that one goes. And number one's got to go to Swamp Thing. Even more beautiful than Batman. The art is fantastic. The writing is top-notch. Just keep it coming. Best best creative team right now. Absolutely. As far as the next part goes, I think it's pretty unanimous what we all have for... The biggest, biggest Oh, that's nasty. All on, uh, on the count of three, I bet you it's all the same one. If I had to guess, probably, but sure, let's go for it. All right. All right. One, two, three. Crime, Crime syndicate. syndicate. Yeah. No, we're all in the same <laughs> yes. wavelength. That, yeah. Yuck. Yeah. yeah. It, it could be good. You're just not doing enough with it. I feel like Bendis is writing it because he's just <laughs> sitting there spending a neutral man. Uh, no, I, if Bendis was writing it, it'd have about 15 more word balloons and random nonsensical <laughs> crap per page uh, yeah exactly but no like 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 we said earlier i just it's it's a fine read and there's some interesting ideas there it just it really needs a sense of direction and you can't just mm-hmm. keep doing these kind of like random fun scenarios because it just it just kind of sits there and there's no real point um so yeah no it's definitely the weakest one for me this week for sure yeah. mm-hmm. i agreed it's not much more to say. It's it's just not as fun as the other ones this week. Yeah. Not as much going on. Well, I think it stinks. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And that's the show. We hope you had fun. We definitely did. Come back next week for more DC Comics Talk when we'll be reviewing Wonder Woman 772, Superman 31, Joker number 3, Batman Detective number 2, Batman Urban Legends number 3, Future State Gotham, number one, Rorschach, number eight, and Justice League, Last Ride, number one. We'll be here talking comics, and we hope you'll stop by. Remember to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people. With that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot. All right, so we did did an hour's worth of audio in seven minutes and 40 seconds. I'm not gonna lie, 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 I'm not gonna lie,